0: Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of How to Live, the podcast. This is actually a huge week for us because it is fashion week. We've got Virgin Australia Melbourne Fashion Festival or VAMF as we like to call it on and Tubes are actually for the second year in a row going to be in a show. We are going there on Wednesday. Our mum's coming, our cousins are coming all the way from the US, not for it but they're coming anyway so we are really, really pumped.
1: And just so you know, we travel around the world to all the best and biggest fashion weeks. And I can honestly tell you, this one is our favorite. It is such an incredible experience being at this festival. It's Australia's biggest fashion event. And today we're chatting to the man that makes it happen, Graham Luzi, the CEO of VAMF. He is the most fantastic human, he has the best energy, he's so super stylish, he's an incredible leader and we were so excited to sit down and actually get into who he is and what he's really excited about in his position.
0: And he's just really down to earth, like he's someone we've always just felt has really great energy and we really connect with him.
1: Totally and from the very beginning he's like fully respected and been on board with what we're doing which is really cool
0: and also flattering we had a super interesting discussion with graham we talked about the importance of equality and diversity in fashion what it takes to build a brand and he even shared some juicy stories from his time at paul smith so we think you're gonna love this so like last time
1: stick around till the very end of the episode and we will be announcing who our next guest is next monday it's gonna be amazing we're <laughs> going
2: I'm loving seeing all the tubes up here.
1: Oh yeah, this is um a bit And of the
2: a- trainers. Yes Oh When did you start doing them We so haven't So we heard. haven't But wow. actually they, are, so they,
1: they do feature In the Fashion Redux exhibition yeah, Because we had a sample That were black And we were looking For black sneakers We wanted to get An Australian designer involved yep. But it needed to be Animal friendly Which is basically impossible So, cool. so yes. we were like Okay we'll just have to use ours So wow. we So you will see them there
0: And Michael asked exciting. us To name them specifically For the exhibition He yep. wanted a name And we've named them Eva Faye After our grandmother And great grandmother because How we thought, good! Yeah, they're so fashionable, yeah, that's and it's great fitting that they're sitting in a museum with their names. I on them.
2: love it! Oh yeah. my god, yeah, so nice. But we were yeah.
0: saying, like, our grandmother would not be
1: pleased that a name of sneakers are named after. You know, she'd she's much more <laughs> of like a stiletto, or yeah,
0: like, you know, a pump bit of bit kind of
2: bling, of. and she's got a lovely trainer.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm loving your T-shirt with that big lightning bolt on this it. Is, got a bit yes. of a, bo- a Bowie vibe going on there. Yeah,
2: there. this is um, this is. In, in recognition of Power to the Dreamers, the festival theme. Oh, oh. cool. Mm. I
1: like that. Mm. I like the way everything has meaning. Yeah. Um. So we did want to get into it by asking you a bit of a funny question. Yeah. We were wondering, <laughs> do you remember the first time... We met you.
2: <gasps> wow.
1: <laughs> We're we, really putting you on the spot. We won't
0: yeah. take offence if you don't remember because don't worry, we remember Because we do. It. Uh,
2: I've got a really great answer, which is I just feel that you've been in my life for the last eight years while I've been running the festival.
1: Aww. Oh, that's a, That is a very good answer. Uh,
2: no, I, it's the truth because I think when I started the festival, I was really keen to drive an agenda around youth is doing and making sure that we have the currency and we're going to survive we're going to be sustainable because the festival relies on the underground scene and what's emerging and of course if you think about even eight years ago the concept of social media was was probably just Just really starting you know um so i loved scouting and 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 being inspired by you know, people that were in my vision, um, and you guys were them. You wow, know, you were well, you were part you. of that. You know, because I could just, I just loved what you were doing, and I just loved your style, and of course, you know.
0: Oh, that's so you, funny you
2: just, certainly weren't quite in the corner we were, <laughs> no, we we were but
0: we laughed at like we were really like just hacking our way at that point like you yeah. know we were telling stories the other day about like going rocking up to paris fashion week not even being invited and just kind of trying yeah. to like weasel our way in and you were kind of there at the beginning of that when we would just like rock up to you know to melbourne fashion festival in yeah. these like crazy outfits yeah be without. photographed
2: by everyone yeah, yeah. exactly that right. was thinking the goal thinking we
1: were somebody when
0: really we were nobody yeah but um, cool. I, I think like you guys sat us front row one time and we were like oh my god
2: we made
1: it <laughs> totally and i think the first time because i was yeah. trying to think of it this morning yeah. we were actually walking past you it was in the docklands yeah. and it was probably our first vamp yeah. and then it wasn't even vamp was it, it was
2: lmff laurel yeah. melbourne fashion festival um, yeah. and
1: we were just walking past you and you obviously didn't know who we were and we knew who you were and you just said like oh great outfits or something like that and i remember <laughs> we just like giggled to ourselves like oh my god did that actually happened. And so I feel like it's yeah. a, like a cool kind yeah. of like full circle that now you are yeah.
2: coming into our environment. Yeah. Totally. How, and how, how exciting. And, and you're all- innovating a game with podcasts, you know. Oh,
0: we are. We, we try to keep on top of the game. But I remember like every time I would see you'd be like, oh, there's Graham. Have to talk to Graham. <laughs> and then we were also laughing that like the way we got you on this podcast was Hey Graham, want to be on our podcast? You're like, yeah, of course. Before we told you anything about it. So. And didn't
2: we just chat on Instagram as well? Yeah, it Was yeah, nothing yeah, exactly. formal. So, no, not uh, at all. So like, I feel that. like all yeah. that
0: hustling we did with you in the early yeah. days has really paid off. Yeah, we put in the long,
1: the long yards.
2: Oh, you so did. You so did. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and I think that you know when you first came on board with the festival, I remember it was at the Docklands. There was kind of one main venue. There were a couple of brand activations. Yeah. But you know, you've totally transformed this festival into being. This massive event with activations everywhere. And I think we'd love to hear more about you and how Mm. you kind of envisage this. Like, did you see yourself where you are now?
2: (laughs) No, actually. So, the interesting story is I thought I'd be a designer. I I loved it. Yeah, I had my own uh, fashion label. It didn't last too long. Oh my God, I'm so embarrassed to. All right, I will tell you, it's really funny. I'm
0: really excited.
2: It was called Gyro. Gyro, like G? (laughs) (laughs) Y-R-O. Anyway, I can't even begin to... Where did that come from? I have no idea. Uh, People ask
1: us where Tubes comes from all the time. So I I,
2: I think, um, you know, showing my age, but, you know, when I was in that headspace and things that were really influencing, um, I guess... Popular culture. Then, apart from obviously London, Brit music, and all that sort of thing, you got to remember that I was growing up in the Face magazine and Arena and ID, and you know they those magazines. We were sitting here in Australia, and we, you know I would do whatever it would take to get the first issue of Arena, and you'd open that up, and I'd just sort of you know devour it so quickly. I um,
0: don't actually know what Arena magazine is. Do you know? Yes, yeah, you know see, it's, you know? Like it's like the Vogue before. Yeah, the Vogue I hope
2: Vogue? maybe there's someone on this podcast. Please write to the girl. <laughs> (laughs) that you do know what i'm talking about but look yeah showing showing my age a bit but um i was so inspired by by those things that um it's always it's always given me a different um view on the world of fashion in australia and i actually left australia i ran from australia when i won the scholarship which was fantastic the walmart prize and i thought right i am going to become a designer and you know i i I no longer wanted to live in australia i thought it was really crass and no one had any style and you know i just ran to london and just loved it and um, it was actually Sir Paul Smith who tapped me on the shoulder. I did everything. I was working in the store. I was desperately trying to become a designer at Paul Smith in, in London, in Floral Street. And I kept on, you know, running up the stairs and, you know, can I be a designer? Can I be a designer? You know, constantly.
0: Actually um, with like the Paul Yeah, I, I
2: did. I, that's, that was it. I was on a mission to try and design for Paul Smith. That didn't work out so well. <laughs> but Paul did say, you crazy Aussie, I think you'd be really good in PR. And there's a job opening up as a junior PR officer. And um, so I was probably 22, 21, 22 then. And so I got... excited by that and I thought yeah yeah well what's this PR thing oh yeah sure if I'm just going to talk people I talk all the time and (laughs) I'm going to meet all these amazing people so I uh, started as junior press officer at Paul Smith and it was amazing I mean look I got to meet some incredible people Um, I you know distinctly remember um, helping Isabella Blow I remember um, specifically Elton John coming in and wanting oh hundreds gosh. and hundreds of tartan suits and you know I was the guy I was oh the I was this junior press officer that they would always go off you go I'm um, going to the store blah blah blahs coming to borrow some things and you know and I'd have to do the manual checking out girls can you imagine oh my <laughs> god I was handwriting one of those duplicate print books and oh saying uh, I one can't imagine yeah <laughs> one one tartan jacket and another one who I remember so well is Edward Ennifal, who's now, of course, the the editor the editor in chief of British Vogue. I mean, I remember Edward was again a um, you know I think quite junior at ID magazine for memory, and he would just always just do random shoots.
0: I think that's really cool that you know you had both that design experience and PR experience, and a lot of people that we speak to that have such great success have experience in different areas like that. Yeah.
1: And I also think it's interesting, you know, you've just told this story of how you kind of got your foot in the door in the fashion industry. Um, And, like, from what you've seen, do you have any advice for people who are looking to kind of get their foot in the door in the fashion industry? You know, everyone says, oh, you need experience in order for us to hire you. But it's like, well, how the hell do you get that first-time experience? You
2: don't need an experience. You need a plan. That would be be how I'd address it. I probably... I mean, maybe even what I've just described. I mean, maybe you recognise. I'm kind of. I've had that millennial actually attitude. I think because I was just All right. I'm going to do this. I'm going to get out of Australia. I'm going to go this, I'm going to live in London. I'm going to get a job. And I'm not going to. And I was. Uh, I was. I was quite. Um, quite fierce and determined. But I can remember jotting down plans. I can remember setting goals. I can remember. I was poor. I was young. I loved being in London. And I can remember it being winter, and I can remember sharing a bedsit with four other guys. Like, you know, I can't a, remember what we were paying a we bedsit. So What's a bedsit, <laughs> we're like tiny one. They weren't even one bedrooms. They were like a studio apartment. And we're sitting in in the girls' office here. It would probably be one sixth. The size of this office, okay, and okay, we had amazing. four people oh living in it. God. And everyone did, you know, no, we hardly ever saw each other because everyone was working late nights, I mean, you know. Yeah. So, but that's the sort of thing I was determined to do to get to where I wanted to go. And I remember distinctly jotting down little ideas it's like, number one, gonna get out of this bloody bed, sit, <laughs> <laughs> and um, I'm gonna earn enough money so I can hopefully at least have a flat share where I can have my own bedroom. So, I think, have a plan and you know look I'm fortunate enough and I'm inspired by uh, lots of millennials because I work with lots of millennials and I'm really fascinated by this sort of approach of you know don't hold back and you know encouraging that concept of dreaming and getting there really quickly I think it's write a plan and um, you know just just go for it and trust your instinct and go for it and yeah.
0: and knock on doors i think you know the the yeah. way you did like and not taking no for an answer even yeah. though you didn't get to where you thought you wanted to go it's led you here So yeah, yeah that's totally. really cool yeah and um i know you got you guys have a lot of volunteers um, yeah, they come through the festival. we so do. I don't know if you know this, but I was once one of those volunteers. Well
2: done, yeah. Steph, woohoo!
0: I know, I was a back-of-house. I have of to check,
2: check in the files, make sure you, you were on time, hey? Oh, I probably wasn't. Was it like, what, what
0: year would it have been? Like, I think maybe it was just before you started. Yeah, I
2: started in 2011. So. Yeah,
0: because yeah. It, well, and we started How to Live in, what, twenty. 20- 12 or something yeah. And so I think It was a couple years yeah, Before maybe. that I think it yeah. was maybe Like 2009 Yeah, yeah right. I reckon that's wow. right And I was a back of house dresser Yeah And it was crazy And yeah. I just remember Like you know Models throwing off their clothes And you're throwing them yeah, on And it's just yeah, like hectic yeah. And actually everyone Ended up getting Like gastro or something it oh. was like a giant gastro outbreak because <laughs>
1: spending so in such close quarters with these people for oh, a week wow. i guess
2: yeah. yeah but
0: so lucky that was before your time yes so, i'm so, sure that so, wouldn't so, happen
2: under you yeah that well, would be really shitty if it did
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and actually a anna- dad joke that was awful um, <laughs> another couple of girls in our office also volunteered so i feel like amazing. it's very common for yeah people and I, I
2: volunteered i volunteered at fashion makes um as well in, in and amongst uh, my early days of career and in fact when I decided to come back to Australia um, after sort of you know a decade or so of working and living overseas, the first thing I did was volunteer for Fashion Week in Sydney um so you know i was obviously a little bit older there and, and i had all this experience but i still did it because i wanted again i had a plan i'm going to immerse myself back into the australian fashion industry how better to do it become a volunteer do this do that and i can remember i was a driver i was driving around in the mercedes benz and i'd have all sorts of guests and i can remember i had tyler Brule, who obviously then uh, was the founder of wallpaper magazine or i think he just started wallpaper magazine well before monocle and um you know I was I was in awe of of him you know as a publisher as a you know this um this super stylish magazine wallpaper magazine you know because that was quite revolutionary in terms of what it was trying to achieve
0: you went on to run that fashion week didn't you
2: yeah I was uh, I became one certainly one of the senior executives so um obviously one of our speakers at the fashion summit at the festival uh next week is my old boss Simon Locke who was the founder of uh, fashion week in Sydney and this is a really interesting story uh so I you know after volunteering and, and working for his youth agency I was young back then his youth PR marketing agency called spin communications which really was one of Australia's first uh agencies advertising PR and marketing and digital agencies focused on youth youth marketing was really Mm -hmm. fascinating and from there moved into um working more closely with the fashion week team and and yeah so like 15 years later uh you know the the fashion week was sold to img and i worked for img for a a number of years i think uh, five or six years and then of course uh the, the festival um Uh, sort of well I guess headhunted me and said hey we we need you to run the festival so I did Um, How cool
0: is that that you literally went from being a volunteer to running the festival so maybe the next Graham Luzzi is currently a volunteer Well
2: I think um, I know someone I'm not going to mention his name and if he's listening to this he's going to know exactly who he is (laughs) Um, he's like one of the festival's number one fans and he also was a volunteer Um, and he has on a number of occasions on social media declared that um, he wants my job and I'm so Excited that uh, he does, and I hope he does get it. One is it day.
0: realistic, or is it just like I so?
2: Think it's totally realistic. I think, again, you know, have a plan. I mean, I'm not superhuman, I'm just someone that loves what I do, love having great people around me. I get inspired by things that influence decisions. I'm, you know, we talked about earlier, you know, how we all met. You know, I was inspired by you guys. I just knew there was something about you guys that was going to be great, and here we are. And, you know, I truly mean that all of those things uh, is, is what it takes, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. And you talked about like great people around you and that's something when we were kind of chatting about the festival, mm. something that we really feel is that you do seem to surround yourself with yeah. amazing people that are fantastic at kind of like seeing the vision and driving it forward. Yeah. And particularly we love that you surround yourself with women.
2: Yes, well, um, my office is, um, is pretty dynamic at the moment and I think there's um, out of... I don't know 25 staff 23 of them um are women at the moment and you know that's that's not by choice that is just because they're the best people for the job and it's been an amazing learning experience and you know I'm a gay man and have been pretty much all my life um so my relationship with women I think has always been amazing and I I love women for a number of reasons and uh, have lots of great friends but the dynamic of having an office that's mostly female has been so incredible i've learned a lot it's um, changed the dynamic on the output of the festival and i think you know if i if i sort of a slight segue is also as a rower um, i've done a lot of rowing in 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 my life i love really? race. my my side my side huddle oh. um and you know If anyone's listened to this and has ever done any rowing, rowing at school, they'd realise, and hopefully they're they're with me here, the best rowing experience I've ever had is when in an eight, and it's a mixed eight, so women and men rowing together, that is an awesome experience. Is that not
0: that common? Is it usually just um, um, guys
2: or just girls? I'd say, look, it's definitely in the the racing format, but... um, it's not as common. There's there's fewer races for for mixed dates, but it's just that uh, dynamic that you experience when the gender um, is a bit more balanced there, and I think uh, that's something that combining that experience with the current experience has just been amazing, and I'm really proud of it. Mm. That's really and I cool. love learning as an older man, and I'm learning these experiences. And there's no doubt that you know the gap more generational gap and this concept of you know non-gender binary classifications and this concept of fluidity i mean i'm feeling it and i'm seeing it and i understand it and i can really see where this is going and um
0: and that's really cool because you know speaking to um you know people from that are like older than millennials often just totally don't get it and like we'll bring it up with us and just be like what is this? What's happening? Why yeah. are people, you know? Yeah, it
1: happened to us last week. Yeah. Someone, we were judging something and there was um, a pitch put forward about something in this realm. And the other judge who was quite a bit older than us said, I don't identify this as a problem. And we were like, it's generational. We promise yeah. it's a problem.
2: Well, we'll, we'll, have, um, we'll have non-gender um, bathrooms at the festival this year. Uh, we definitely have non-gender bathrooms in the festival office. And a lot of that is led by, you know, I guess from, from my perspective, listening to, to the team and listening to generations below. But I'd hope uh, I've, always, I've always been like that. I love listening. I love learning.
0: Totally. Well, that was actually what Jess was talking about before. We were judging year nine students who were going through this entrepreneurship week and they each had to pitch in groups an idea. And one group got up there and pitched the idea of, non-gender based clothing where they yeah, everything great. is just like male and female and we were like this is so cool yeah. that this is what's on the mind of u students yeah. yeah
1: and they kind of had like it, they could choose from anything you know people were dealing with like homelessness or they um, didn't even
0: have to be social enterprises they yeah, could be yeah anything
1: exactly yeah. and this is what they identified as the number one problem that they wanted to address which yeah. is just so incredible as 15 or 14 year old kids
2: yeah and it's a real thing um i've been commenting on this in the last week or so about the rise of menswear and people have been asking what do you think that's why is that and i'm like well because finally melbourne men are probably getting better dressed (laughs) that's (laughs) number one but um, there's another chapter to this, and it's, it's got to do with this gender fluidity, and it's got to do with the fact that menswear is, is it just a construct of fashion, you know? And we listened to a lot of the, the designers um, coming up through the National Designer Award, a lot of the menswear designers, there was definitely a great influx of menswear designers in that award process. And they've all talked about uh, their customer is not, it's not more men, it's men and women. And in fact, some of them are saying, "Well, probably they're selling to more women at the moment." That's so, so it's cool. really, that's really changing. interesting. Uh, I like that. So I think it's it's the future. It absolutely is the future. I
1: think. Absolutely, and it's you know so interesting as well because for us, like as we run our label, it's really important for us in everything that we do that we're kind of representing this like inclusivity aspect of like you know it doesn't matter what you look like, it doesn't matter who you are, um, and even when we're shooting our campaigns, you know we want every girl to be able to be in our campaign and we can't find the yeah. right person because either you know they that like when you look at a modeling agency's books it's like they're all one way or they're all the other way and we want it to represent everybody and yeah. there just doesn't seem like it's not even accessible right yeah. now to a yeah. brown like us that's shopping for it Isn't and it i think amazing. that's a huge yeah. problem it
2: is a huge problem um there was uh, a little glimmer of hope in our model casting process that we just had a couple of weeks ago for the festival and i oversee and i'm part of and we have great teams our casting agent jen does the most amazing job and hopefully you girls um, agree with me you know our our model casting has really changed over the years mm-hmm. and it's much a better much more a better representation of our community but anyway at the model casting it's the same scenario you were just talking about jess and uh this year we started to see we saw the diversity there there was there was some curvy models There was really great i call it geographical diversity as in where people come from melbourne obviously multicultural racial diversity but also age diversity you know body shape right so we 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 definitely had all of that if you looked at it on a macro level at the model casting but what was different is that so many of these uh models could walk and that is the difference whereas Mm. before if you really tried to um, diversify your model pool, you would get these other models that would probably represent a more minority um, area of the, of the model casting, and they couldn't really walk because they weren't trained. Yes. And they were probably, again, coming in on a tokenistic level it's changing, and I'm so excited by this. Uh, and 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 I use the term they could walk, and obviously for those listening to podcasts, hopefully they appreciate what I'm t- talking about is <laughs> walking on a runway um, <laughs> yeah. and being able to, you know glide down that runway and represent the clothing and accessories as best as they can. That's definitely what I meant by that. But a good walk, that confidence um, by a model is is really important. And then if you think about the festival, we've got consumers that are all looking at this fashion-tainment, which I like to call it, and they're buying a ticket, they're having a night out, and they want to see their models glide down that runway and look super professional. And you know, they're performers, they're, they're real talent. But what we're now going to see is a lot more of this diversity, uh, model, the, the reputable model agencies around the country are training these models and they're training them to walk well. So now we're going to see a bigger pool of models that are much more representative of our community and they can all walk. They can all glide down that runway and I'm just so super excited of that change.
0: That's really cool because, yeah, like just said, we've gone through that and we've used real people in our campaigns and... You know, a, being a model isn't just about getting in a photo. They really do have to understand how to make the clothing look good. And that, that can be done by anyone. Yeah. But they have to know how to do that. And it is yeah. a skill. So it's it's interesting it's that it's now mm. like, you know, it, it's one thing to want to see that change. But you really need to, it, it, I guess it takes time. Yeah. Because you need the right people to be coming into it and training them. And yeah, that, you really that's do. Awesome.
2: You need others to have the commitment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, the agents representing models, um, the magazines, other fashion events. You know, everyone needs to toe the line to ensure that, uh, yeah, we have a better representation of the community.
0: Well, I think that's really cool as well, like you know, that Melbourne is really at the forefront of this because we go to a lot of fashion weeks internationally and it still is like very behind and there's still, you know, I think New York, we see a lot more diversity there now, but there are other fashion weeks that we go to that we're like, oh, there's, you know, a token curvy girl and that's not what we should be seeing at all. And I think that the festival in Melbourne is so forward in so many ways, like, you know, you guys banned for Years ago now, right? Yeah, we
2: did. Yeah. Um, uh, done, I think it would be 2017. Yeah, yep. oh, probably. So, yeah. Longer. I think a bit, bit longer. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, super proud of that. Yeah. Um, so, that's great. amazing. Mm. We
1: actually had a funny experience when we were um, in London for Fashion Week um, and we don't wear animal products. Yeah. Um, and we were walking to a show and we could kind of like hear a crowd outside and Bit people, of a ruckus. People yeah. were like walking past, like, you know, really like disgruntled, like, oh, so annoying, can't believe they're doing that. And yeah. we were like, what's going on? And we got there and there was actually a huge protest outside, um, like, the main Fashion Week venue. And they were protesting the fact that there were, you know, furs and leathers and things.
0: And we were like, do we cross this picket line or yeah. do we join this picket yeah, line? Yeah, yeah. And so I obviously...
1: We j- we did join it. <laughs> yeah. um, I think by that point as well, yeah. we had already been um, in New York for Fashion Week. And we were just really, like, inspired and excited by, like, this push for change that yeah. we... I don't know. Felt like was maybe missing from our previous experiences yeah, yeah. at these festivals, and I
0: think have they banned I now? I think they might yeah. have banned them. I ban know London, London did. Yeah, yeah, I think that was London. last season, wasn't it? They, yeah, they made yeah. I think it was point. after that. We were part of that. Train, yeah, which felt awesome. It's so yeah. good.
2: I mean, look, as a, an event organizer, we we try to um, you know always protect the safety of the consumers so i think protests are really great and it's this debate and this conversation and this concept of of educating and learning but um another interesting thing about all of this is you've also got to protect the patrons and we've got to protect designers and it's a, it's a really interesting um conversation when it's happening live at an event like our festival and we, we we've had we've had protests of all sorts of Things previously and well, we while they're dare protesting, <laughs> <Alabama>. <laughs> well, hopefully, <No>. uh, <laughs> given that uh, we don't, uh, we we we're not using fur, and we we you know we encourage um, absolutely everyone to not use fur across the whole. What is it, one hundred and thirty odd events that we're producing this year, so it's it's no mean feat. But the one thing that is is really good to know. I mean, it sounds like you know we're we're amazing, we're doing everything right, and we're not. Uh, I'm re- I'm a real believer that um you can't get everything perfect and it's all always about learning you can always learn something else and i think the festival i know comes from a really great place we have really good morals and values we're a great team and and i know you girls have, have seen us operate but we don't get everything right and and my my nod to millennials my my nod to everyone is just always think about a learning experience being at the at the key to everything
1: yeah And in that kind of like theme of learning, like a big part of our podcast is we're inviting these mentors, I guess, in through our network to really learn from them. And something we'd love to pick your brain about today is really about um,
0: growing a brand now in 2019. You know, you obviously have such incredible insights working not just with one brand, but, you know, you work with so many brands in so many different ways. Yeah. Yeah. So we'd really love to hear your
1: thoughts on that. You know, if you were to start a brand now, what would that look like?
2: Yeah, I'm. Um, you know what I'm gonna say? It's actually the good old textbook, old fashioned view uh, and concept of having a unique selling point of view. You, that's what it's all about, mm-hmm. and. Because, yeah, online versus retail, you know, your Instagram account, all, yeah, all, all these things, of course. I could go there and talk about how important all of these things are, knowing your customer, uh, having having a plan and, you know, relationship with your suppliers, um, having a really good sustainability practice in place because that ain't going to go away. That's That's key yeah. now, right? <laughs> that's absolutely part of this. But the real basic 101 is unique selling point or usp as we talk about it and anyone that's studying marketing you know these days it would it'd be it'd be sitting in a book in, with cobwebs it's such an old fashioned view of oh whatever you're going to do make sure you have unique selling point but that's what it comes down to and what i mean by that is sure analyzing your competitors and understanding the environment in which you're going to sell your products but it's more than that it's what do you really want to stand for what what is going to be different about your brand To to other brands. And you girls have done that. You know, you've made a real claim about your vegan um, operation and stance with what you're doing. You've made um, a real effort to elongate your cons- the consumer experience so the consumers and your fans are getting a really elongated experience with you girls yeah so they're listening to this podcast they're watching you on social media and, and you know you girls have been real pioneers of that and and i'm embarrassing you both but you, <laughs> you have are. been and we'll I, I, I love it. i love you know how you've really adapted and grown in the space as it's been been around you Um, Now you have products and brands that that people can buy and the products and brands share the values that you have. So you have a unique selling point. There's Mm -hmm. no doubts about it. Your USP is really strong. So (laughs) that is is what it takes. And you can't just be a designer and produce lots of beautiful dresses. You need to be a designer that produces lots of beautiful dresses that has some storytelling and has some real brand attribute that can be shared and, and people can believe in. Because I think you know uh, correct me if i'm wrong but millennials are really seeking integrity and mm. they'll 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 call it out
0: totally 100%. yeah and i you just mentioned storytelling there and that's the thing i think that's so important in a brand and that's something that um, we've been working with a consultant on is really you know storytelling in everything that we do and it's really cool that right now in 2019 what's really important to the consumers is that integrity and that's a really big part of the storytelling like with us it's the vegan element it's the inclusivity and Yeah.
1: Yeah. And first, when we started, it was scary to have a point of view because you didn't yeah. want to offside anyone. And it was important yep. to just kind of stay neutral. And now, more and more, we're being pushed in this direction of you have so many opinions, you need to voice them. And I think that that's the coolest opportunity for all of us in these, you know, privileged positions where people are listening that we are finally allowed to say, like, no, this is what we stand yeah,
2: for. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it's everything. I mean, social media we were talking about it in the office recently, um, is has g- going through another interesting chapter mm-hmm. because people are now not loyal to their channels and think you you guys are, are realising this and that's why you're doing podcasts. So like People are now really scatter gunning if that's a word, they've got this scattergun <laughs> approach to their social handles. And um, it's not just a case of checking every single social media. It, it's people just want a bit of this and then they feel like a bit of this. It's a bit of a menu of social media platforms. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to be very LinkedIn this week. Um, and then next week it's like, oh, I'm really into my Instagram this week. So I think that's really interesting. Yeah. But um, the, the concept of, of what social media is, is doing, it's allowing uh, people to have a voice. Of course, we've all known that but it's interesting when you've got someone that might only have 200 followers on Instagram can put something out there and it can have a real big impact. Sometimes, I mean, haters will be haters. So, you know, there's trolls out there and all those sorts of things. But then sometimes people put really valid points out there and they can really escalate. So it's a really interesting time.
1: Um, I just had a flashback to last festival, I think it was when we um, did a talk at VAMF or uh, Kind of yeah. on social media, was, yeah. and you did put your hand up and you asked a question. You know, talking about your personal Instagram. You know, yeah. do people micro influencer? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, do people want to hear from me, or should yeah. it, you know? Yeah. Is, should someone yeah. on the team be managing it? How does that go? How did? How yeah. did you find that? How's your yeah. Instagram going? No,
2: thank you. Yeah, it was really interesting because I've spent my entire career watching and being part of the planning and action. Of social media strategies, and uh, but I never did it myself because I didn't see any value of me doing one. I just put all my energy into the brands I was representing or the people I was managing, and never bothered with myself. I had a LinkedIn account, had that forever, but you know whatever. Um, Instagram, I never really had one, or at least I did, and I was just looking at everyone else. I never did anything, and it was the team and i think the pr teams like well people would really love to see your view of the festival because that's going to be very different to everyone else's and i was like oh really that's the last thing i want to do have to manage that um look i did take some advice and i worked with an amazing amazing woman that that i've worked with over many years hayley if she's listening she'll know who, who she is um and she did the good old tone of voice document. We worked out what do I want to look like? How, what do I want to feel like? What sort of things do I want to do? And you know, that was a really great exercise. And um, I think that's one of your one-on-one learnings and, and, and things you always tell everyone to do. And so I did that. But um, I have to admit, I'm, I'm fully solo now. <laughs> I've been weaned You've grown off. your wings. Uh, yeah, I've grown my wings. I, I'm doing it myself. Look, you know, my Instagram is uh, not flush with um, hundreds and hundreds of uh, followers, uh, hundreds of thousands of followers. Um but what i know is the industries are following my instagram mm-hmm. and that's the, the the micro or even nano influencer maybe that's even <laughs> even know. even smaller. well um, it is it's all really that effective quality isn't, it's isn't all it quality yeah. and i know that um the industry uh media the magazine editors the key designers when i put something up it, it's reaching them and that's really powerful um mm. i don't need to have one hundred and forty thousand followers Uh, to do that because for me, I'm really, I love that uh, I think I put a post that we were bumping in and I just a short video showing the cranes and the lights going in, you know, and you know, you you guys saw it and I just had so much feedback and, and the feedback, the people that were feeding back, wow, super excited. We're all the people, my peers in the industry and people that I think matter to the, you know, the the foundations of the festival. So, yeah, it does work.
0: Well, and I think people want to see that behind the scenes now from brands. They don't just want to see the glossy stuff. They want to see the raw and real what goes on. Yeah. what they're not seeing like and that's what you know that's why we want to talk to you today because we know that people are interested in that yeah and that's really cool that you can put that out there
2: yeah and um look it's a it's another layer of of something i have to do um but i do enjoy like most people with their accounts getting some positive feedback yeah and oh we all uh, love a bit of yeah we all love we all all (laughs) we'll like that.
0: so should we cut to quick fires how are we going for time yeah i think we should we always end on some quick fire questions just for a bit of fun all right
2: awesome
1: um so our first one for you is what's your most hated fashion trend like that's ever been
2: Mm. i've never really loved flares
0: oh offended (laughs)
1: like a
0: dagger to my heart
2: (laughs) I, i knew you'd say that but yeah just one of those things never really liked it Okay. So yeah. you know what's know really why. funny
0: we posted on instagram yesterday yeah both in flares <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure you looked amazing um <laughs> uh,
2: but look your quick fire answer i don't know i just come yeah, to it. it's, it's just been one of those things i've just never really liked the silhouette that much well mm-hmm. isn't that yeah. the thing about fashion it's yeah, personal totally yeah. 100% yeah. oh me you.
0: um what is your favorite show on netflix
2: oh wow uh actually probably the most recent seven days just purely because i work in um obviously events and the concept of seven days is seven days out from an event and if you haven't seen it it's pretty new to netflix but it's very cool and uh they uh, it's uh, a whole bunch of different things from restaurants to dog shows to fashion shows and just showcasing what it takes and what what everyone's going through seven days out from an event. So loving that. Cool.
0: cool. Okay. We, we both, both just wrote, just
2: wrote that. Down. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Have to watch it. Uh, if you could only listen to one song for the rest of your
0: life, what would it be?
2: It'll be Howling by R-Y-X.
0: Okay, Go to um, amazing. What is the best fashion show that you've ever been to?
2: Alexander McQueen. I can't remember the name of that collection, but it was the full-on Antlers runway show in the church in the East End of London. Um, Amazing.
0: Cool. That
1: sounds incredible. Um, And the last one, a bit of a funny one for you, have you ever confused which one of us is which?
2: Of course, all the time. <laughs> but I know Jess and Steph. Yeah. You know, yeah. You've been yeah. really good like this yeah. whole interview of yeah.
1: identifying and I've been super impressed Ooh. internally.
0: Yeah. Sometimes we'll know people for years but realise, oh, they don't know which one is yeah. which. And it's fair enough because yeah. we're always together. Yeah, yeah, and
1: it's just Jess and Steph and Jess and Steph. And yeah. it's, I have the same thing with people that are always yeah. together. I get confused with yeah. their names all the time. I know time. I've
2: definitely introduced you guys to people. Um, you know, in a bar or you know a VIP bar at the festival, and I've had one of those moments, and I'm <laughs> like, oh, here's just a step. have <laughs> if, if so, 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 yeah. that moment, yeah. it,
1: it happens all the time, and we really don't care. Okay, awesome. awesome. Well, thank you so much. Um, can we take? Do we have a phone now? Mm-hmm. Wow. What an incredible conversation. Thank you guys so much for listening. I just absolutely love Graham. I feel like every time I see him, I have so much to learn from him. And I think it was really cool to hear him say how him as like what I perceive as a very successful person is still always learning, doesn't get things right always, but you know,
0: is always willing to listen and learn. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. Feel free to leave a comment if there's anyone in particular you'd love to hear us interview. And as promised, we are now announcing our guest for next week And it is Mia Friedman from Mama Mia We really, really loved getting to sit down and chat to her So we know you're going to love that one too We will chat to you next week See you next Monday